Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Good morning, Melissa. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Oh, same here. I'm really excited about today's episode. And we're going to talk about what an ESP can and can't do for your deliverability. I think this is actually an interesting topic because we'll preface it a little bit by saying if you're already in email marketing and if you've been using an ESP for a while, you probably know a lot of this information already. There may or may not be some things we cover in the background part of this topic, in the background of what an ESP is doing that you might not know. But there probably is a lot of information we'll cover that people are familiar with. But one thing I was talking to Alyssa about, actually, is the fact that you have to have an ESP if you want to email a large group of people, pretty much. That's just really what it comes down to. Wouldn't you say the same thing? Yeah. I mean, unless you are super, super technical and you're able to build your own mass emailing system, which usually that would only happen if you're like a super large corporation and you have a large tech team and all that. But any normal person is going to need an ESP if they want to send bulk emails to many people at once. I think what I'm trying to explain to newer people who are just now starting out with ConvertKit specifically, Mm -hmm. I think they use ConvertKit because they want to utilize like our landing pages or our forms, but I'm not sure they always understand the back end of things, which is, you know, if you had a list of 2000 people, like Alyssa said, you can't just jump into Gmail and say, I'm going to email this this list of 2000 people just all together at once. You know, it doesn't work. So that's why people use an ESP like ConvertKit. But I just think it's interesting because there's sort of a misconception, not a misconception, but, you know, my family and friends don't really even think about that because they don't have online businesses or a list of any kind that they're going to email. So just kind of an interesting thing that I guess us email marketers are aware of that a lot of other people don't really think about. Yeah, that's such a good point. And in case you all don't know what ESP stands for, I know we've been saying it a lot already. We are meaning email service provider. So ConvertKit is an example of an ESP. There are thousands of ESPs out there, so I'm sure you know many others. And they tend to have their own strengths and weaknesses, as well as specialties. So ConvertKit is a platform (laughs) built to help creators earn a living online. And that gives us certain kind of features and tools that really, whenever we're deciding what to build and what features we want, we build it all around that goal, Um, sort of asking ourselves, is this going to help creators earn a living online? But that's not what other ESPs are asking themselves. There might be an ESP that is built to serve huge retail corporations like Target, and they're going to ask themselves a much different question when they're going to build features. So really, each kind of email sender probably has a good ESP that's a fit for them. And again, Melissa and I work for ConvertKit, and our focus is helping out creators such as musicians, chefs, bloggers, authors, entrepreneurs, people who are, yeah, running a creative sort of business. And so when you're looking for 
an ESP, you're going to want to ask yourself, first and foremost, what kind of deliverability does this ESP have, like as far as a reputation goes? Um, and also, what kinds of things do they offer specifically to help with your own personal business needs. They're not like Alyssa said, they're all they're not all one and the same. Yeah, exactly. And while there are some ESPs that could help you perform better in deliverability, there's also a lot of things that ESPs just can't do for you in terms of deliverability. And they're things that are going to fall on your plate and your responsibilities. So today we're going to cover what to look for in an ESP, the things ESPs can do for your deliverability, and the things they can't do. So a lot of the work for that ESPs do for customers um, is behind the scenes, which is what we mentioned earlier. So you can see a lot of the things specifically with ConvertKit. If you have a ConvertKit account, you can see what the app does for you and what's available. But there are things on the back end that you may not even realize are happening. Yeah. So we'll run through a few examples of those things we're doing on the background. Obviously, we're speaking for what ConvertKit does, but... ESPs should also be doing this. They don't all do this, but I would keep in mind the things we're talking about. And at the end, we'll talk about how you can reach out to your ESP if it isn't ConvertKit and make sure that they're doing these things too. So one of the first things an ESP does for you that is very in the background and usually isn't even thought about by the sender, which is awesome, is handling the entire delivery infrastructure. And this work is super complex. And it's all taken care of for you, which is awesome. So your ESP handles IP management. If you didn't know, every single email is sent using an IP. That's how the information gets transferred from place to place. So IPs can be tricky. Your ESP will be handling those, making sure they all stay healthy, making sure they're warmed up properly, making sure there's enough of them to send the volume of mail that the ESP has. They'll have settings set up around connection rates. So every single mailbox provider out there has their own settings on connection rates. So for example, if Melissa was a mailbox provider, she might say, you're only allowed to send me 4,000 emails a minute from an IP address. And then another mailbox provider might say, you can send me 20,000 emails a minute or whatever it might be. So the ESP is going to handle all of that for you and make sure you're not sending emails too fast because it could cause some bounces. Speaking of that, your ESP will also handle bounce and deferral handling. At least they should. And that just means they understand how to manage when an email address comes back and says either invalid subscriber, that would be a hard bounce, or if they just get a response that says something like, try again later, I'm busy, they should come back and try that again later. Your ESP handles complaint feedback loops, which we've talked about in a previous episode, but in case you missed it, the feedback loop is something that needs to be set up for every mailbox provider that has one, and it allows your ESP to know which subscribers complained about a message, which message they complained about, and then that ESP can mark the subscriber as complained within your account and make sure that you don't email those subscribers anymore kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. And that was just one bullet point. Yeah. Ooh. But it's it's stuff that's important that as a sender, it's nice to not have to think about those things. Yeah, exactly. Just a couple other things. I mean, there really is so much happening uh, on the background that senders might not know about. But again, managing bounced and complained subscribers. So your ESP should be handling all of that for you so that 
subscribers who have hard bounced or are clearly not going to be receiving messages and subscribers who have marked your messages as spam will be made inactive in your account or suppressed so that you don't keep sending emails to those people, which could definitely hurt your deliverability if you did. So that's another great thing that your ESP is handling for you. Another thing that ESPs will do uh, is monitor block listings. We do have a whole episode on block lists. So if you haven't uh, or if you don't know what that is, go check out that episode. To briefly summarize, if the domain or IP you use to send emails is on an impactful block list, you may have deliverability issues. So a reputable ESP should be monitoring those block lists and be able to help handle those if they appear. Again, it's not really something that as a sender, you may even realize is happening because we take care of it so quickly. So normally you wouldn't have to worry about something like that. Yeah, exactly. And then the last one we have here, although there are so many other things, is that a reputable ESP should have industry relationships that they're building and maintaining. And again, that helps so much on the background so that if there is any weird delivery or deliverability issue going on with maybe a mailbox provider or a block list, that ESP should have someone in the company who knows who to reach out to, or at least can help get the ball rolling on things other than just the usual way to reach out to those people. And that can help get deliverability issues solved much quicker and much more efficiently. Again, all in the background, if they have a good relationship there and everything else is in place, senders probably won't even know there was an issue to begin with. So that was a lot of information, but just to summarize what an ESP can do for your deliverability. If an ESP has all of the items we mentioned in a healthy place, which we can vouch that ConvertKit does, then when it comes to deliverability, we bring healthy IPs and domains to the table. While emails will appear to come from your sending domain, your ESP's domain is often used in the background and in all of the links so that link tracking works um, and as well as their IP is used to send the message. So the right ESP that has really great deliverability things in place can help your deliverability by doing heavy lifting behind the scenes and providing you with a healthy infrastructure to send from. However, this isn't enough to get your mail delivered to the inbox. Mailbox providers will also be looking at your domain's sender reputation and your deliverability will depend on a healthy reputation on your end. I think this is probably you and I's like number one thing that we try to convey to customers just because it is it's hard to understand, especially when you're new to email marketing, how this all kind of works together. And we want to make sure that people understand that you can do all the right things sometimes and an email will go to spam. I mean, it it just Mm -hmm. happens. We've talked about this in multiple um, podcast episodes. And so it's not we just want to make it clear that your ESP should be doing a lot of work for the sender, for you. It's important. But there are things uh, as far as deliverability goes that we can't do for you. Yeah, exactly. An ESP can only do so much to provide healthy deliverability, and each sender using the ESP will experience unique spam filtering, open rates, click rates, etc. So you hold more power than you might know. I know just within ConvertKit, if you were to somehow go through a hundred different accounts, you would see open rates across the board. If you talk to a hundred different ConvertKit customers, they would have 
different levels of, oh, my messages never go to spam versus, yeah, sometimes I hear that my messages go to spam. And the common denominator there, ConvertKit, isn't the factor in that. It's what those individual senders have been doing. Because as a sender, no matter which ESP you use, you still have the control over your deliverability. Which is honestly great. I mean, it's definitely the kind of the fun part about email marketing is that you, like you said, I love the way you said that, you do have the power to figure out what kind of behaviors work for you and your audience. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely true that a bad ESP could hurt the deliverability of a good sender, but no ESP can fix the deliverability of a sender with bad practices. So yeah, if you are, you know, a sender who has all of your deliverability ducks in a row, you've never had any issues, you have great open rates, but then you move to an ESP that doesn't have any of those things we've talked about in place and their reputation is really bad, then yes, like sending from that platform would probably hurt your reputation. But in, you know, the opposite way, if you are a sender who has never cleaned their list, maybe you're using a purchase list, you don't have your deliverability ducks in a row and you go to the world's best ESP when it comes to deliverability. I think it's ConvertKit, but you know, <laughs> you can't measure it. <laughs> You're not biased um, or anything. I know. Yeah, not biased. But let's say you go to an ESP with just like amazing, perfect reputation and you don't have your ducks in a row. You, whenever you send off that platform, it's still going to go to spam. So yeah, you definitely want a good ESP, but you also need to be doing the work yourself if you want to get to the inbox. Right. Well, we can jump into some things that an ESP might not be able to do for you. Alyssa, do you want to start us off? So like we mentioned, an ESP can only do so much to provide a healthy deliverability. And then it's kind of up to you to get to the finish line. So we've mentioned this in so many different episodes. I'd highly recommend listening to our episode on sender reputation if you haven't already. But just for a few highlights of the things you'll need to do to have a healthy reputation, first and foremost is all about your list. So let's start with the way you collected your list. You want to be sure every single person on your list has opted in directly to receive your emails. uh, And it wasn't some sort of tricky or forced opt-in, like they want to be there. That's going to start you off on the right foot when it comes to deliverability. Um, Because those people are going to engage positively with your messages, most likely, because they wanted to be there, they wanted to receive them. As long as the content is what they were expecting to see from you and it's valuable, then you've got a great thing going there. People wanted to hear from you, they're hearing from you, you're giving them the content they wanted, and it's wonderful. So all of those positive engagements are going to boost your sender reputation and help you have a healthy deliverability. But along the way, there are some things that could make more negative actions happen and start to hurt your reputation and deliverability. So some examples of that would be if somehow the people you're collecting on your list don't actually want to be there, that's going to lead to some negative engagements that could happen through list bombing. Maybe you decide to collect subscribers in sort of a tricky way, like maybe a giveaway that was branded for someone else and they ended up sharing the list with you because you contributed to the prize or something like that. If you just decide not to clean your list, maybe you did everything right, but you've just never ever cleaned your list, then you're probably gonna see some deliverability issues down the road. 
And like I mentioned earlier, if the content isn't what people were expecting from you, or maybe you're sending too often or not often enough, or you're just not providing the value they expected, you're probably also going to see some negative engagement take place like people not opening messages or maybe even marking them as spam. So those are the things that you have control over. So your ESP cannot, you know, help you collect your list or clean your list necessarily. They can't force you to do that. And they also can't build your content for you. But those are the things that really, really determine whether you go to the inbox or to the spam folder. So those are your items. Make sure you pick an ESP. You trust that they're doing their work to get you to the inbox. But then it's up to you to do that extra work as well that we just mentioned to really get to the inbox and stay out of the spam folder. So just to recap everything we've said, no ESP can fix the deliverability of a sender with bad practices, but a bad ESP can hurt the deliverability of a good sender. So be sure you have found an ESP that one, has all the features you need. That's very important. But then two, has all of their deliverability ducks in a row. And another thing, three, is that they can help you get your deliverability ducks in a row as well. Yeah. So that's one thing Alyssa and I do at ConvertKit. We have customers reach out all the time asking for help, whether it's just saying, hey, can you look at my account and see if there's anything that seems weird or off that might be hurting my deliverability? So that's something that from my own personal experience, just being at ConvertKit, that I, if I was looking for an ESP, I would want to make sure they had was a place to go for deliverability help and compliance support to make sure that if you did have questions about maybe you you wanted to run a giveaway and you're like, I'm not sure if this is a good way to collect subscribers. Is this going to hurt my reputation? That ESP should have a team of people that can give you a good answer and help you figure out maybe a better way to do something. Look at your account, let you know if there's things that are red flags like that. That's definitely like a big, important tool that an ESP should be able to provide for you as a sender. I totally agree. That's kind of make or break, I think. I know a lot of people who use different ESPs that have run into major deliverability issues and that ESP just like cannot help them. Maybe they don't have the people or the team or whatever it is. And then those people have to find um, consultants to pay, which is what where I stepped in and I've done some consulting for people. And it's oh, kind of sad because I know I'm like, if you use ConvertKit, I could help you for free, (laughs) but they're using another ESP and now they have to pay me or some other deliverability consultant to try and fix their issues. And we were able to fix them very quickly. Again, they would have had that support for free at ConvertKit. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, Don't be afraid to ask your ESP. If I start to have deliverability issues, what can you do for me? Who can I talk to? What do you have in place there? Absolutely. Deliverability is so technical and and we often like joke around and say that it's like detective work because, you know, we can provide hopefully on this podcast a lot of good information and help you be able to see things, use metrics and data that will maybe help you find potential or current issues in your list or your reputation. But sometimes it is nice to have another set of eyes because it's easy to miss things. Yes, there are so many different factors at play that really it helps so much to have an expert take a look 
and dig through all of it. And it can take a while. So it is good for an ESP to have specialized people in this and not just general support. Support is amazing and they have such a hard job and they have to be specialists on the entire app. Mm -hmm. They know so many things I don't know about how the app works and how the product works. But when it comes to deliverability, it really helps to have eyes on your issue from someone who only does deliverability work and they know what to look for and they know what to, you know, what trends to spot and things like that. So I would make sure if I was looking for an ESP that that was in place for you. And you can also ask them for more information about what their deliverability and compliance team does to make sure they're keeping their sending infrastructure healthy for customers. Any ESP should be able to answer that for you and shouldn't be a big deal. So that's really important. Like we mentioned, if the ESP doesn't have a healthy IP or domain reputation, that can affect you. So don't hesitate to reach out to them and just make sure that they have everything in place and that you feel confident with them. And we kind of preach this a lot, but once you are sending from a reputable ESP, just keep in mind some of the best practices we've talked about, like cleaning your list, focus on good quality content, your marketing strategy. All of those things will lead to healthier deliverability and again, we and I joke around about this, but if you see an email go to spam, don't panic. That's right. that's a that's a good just like rule of thumb. But it is like Alyssa said there there is so much power in the sender's corner that I think sometimes people don't realize. So while, like you've mentioned, a good ESP, a reputable ESP is important, it's a team effort, honestly. Definitely. Yep. That's such a good place to end on, I think. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. We wrapped it up nicely. Yay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) wrap-ups are always the most challenging part. (laughs) I know, they really are. But if you're a ConvertKit customer, I hope this helped you understand what we're doing in the background. And if you're not a ConvertKit customer, I hope this helped you understand what to look for in your ESP. We know that, you know, if you're not a creator or entrepreneur, maybe ConvertKit isn't the right fit for you, but we want to help make sure you do find the right fit for you and that you have the best deliverability you can. So I hope that helped. If you have any questions for us, we have been getting some questions to our form and it's so fun. Feel free to go to convertkit.com slash deliverability and enter a question there or maybe a topic idea if there's something that's been on your mind and you want us to talk about. You can also leave us a review, which we love. It makes us so happy. It makes our day when we get one. So on Apple Podcast, if you want to leave us a review there, we would just love that. We appreciate all of you. Anything else, Melissa? I don't think so. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And um, we hope to you know, have you guys check in next week. Yes, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defines. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week. Oh, 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 o